0: This is an Odyssey Original. This is War in Ukraine Daily. I'm Charles Feldman.
1: I'm Mike Simpson from the KNX Odyssey Studios in Los Angeles. As the war grinds on, the Russian economy faces increasing isolation, months of sanctions trying to offset the consequences at home. Vladimir Putin is doing his best to cozy up to China, one of the few remaining countries that is openly friendly toward Russia. The two countries announcing a new bridge of special symbolic meaning in hopes of boosting trade. This comes as the World Trade Organization is warning that the war could lead to a global food crisis that could last for years.
0: There has been some speculation that Putin is focused on disrupting Ukraine's grain and wheat production and exports for the precise purpose of causing food shortages the hopes that will lead to the uh, international community pressuring the ukrainians well no matter the motivation russia's war it is causing reverberations far beyond the borders of ukraine with us to break this all down is andrew jenks professor and russia expert at long beach state Uh, professor let's start with the food crisis now this was something that analysts warned about before Russia's invasion even started. And now we are seeing the effects.
2: Yeah, this is, uh, well, the uh, Putin surcharge on everything that we're seeing in the grocery stores. And uh, the food crisis is a result of uh, conscious policy by Putin to uh, blockade uh, the Black Sea and the exit from the Black Sea uh, for all the Ukrainian wheat and uh, corn and other agricultural products that uh, supply a huge chunk of uh, Africa and the Middle East with their foodstuffs, Uh, and this is having a rebound effect that is uh, increasing inflation throughout the world for for food. Um, You know, Ukraine was known, uh, rightly so, uh, in the 19th and 20th century as the breadbasket of Europe and um, and of the world, and uh, now, of course, that breadbasket is not being shared.
0: So am I right, then, that while this may and is going to create a food shortage crisis in underdeveloped parts of the world here in the U.S., it will translate basically into you go to the supermarket and that, you know, package of pasta you pick up is going to cost you a lot more.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing that's happening with oil. So if you take, you know, a certain quantity of a product, oil or wheat out of the global markets you create a a condition of shortage that will uh, drive inflation. And that's precisely what we're experiencing.
1: There was some effort on the part of the U.N. and aid groups to say, okay, let's just let some of this grain out of the warehouses. Let's do a corridor. Let's get it to places that really, really need it, um, because there's all these aid groups to say we can't get our hands on enough things for all these people. Is there any movement on that or is it just the opposite where I've seen some accounts of Russian ships filled with this that they've taken and they're going to ports and saying, look at how good we are. We're going to give it to you. We're going to sell it to you.
2: Yeah, there's a uh, on the one hand, uh, there's a kind of a cynical approach that 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 the story that you just mentioned embodies. Uh, But, you know, and and, and another aspect of this, though, is that Putin wants the rest of the world to feel the pain uh, that Russians are feeling, in particular, Putin and the oligarchs are feeling as a result of these uh, sanctions that have been imposed. So this is a tit for tat sort of uh, vengeance strategy in addition to uh, many other things on the part of Putin. Uh, And he doesn't care about the pain that he causes innocent people, either in Ukraine, obviously, or the rest of the world who have to pay this Putin surcharge when they go to the grocery store.
0: So what does Russia becoming friendlier with China mean?
2: Well, this is uh, basically the enemy of my enemies, my friend. Uh, Russia and China have had a contentious relationship uh, along their very long border. Uh, for centuries. Um, so, you know, Russia may cozy up to China in order to establish a trade relationship that will provide an outlet for its um, uh, what it has to sell to replace what the Europeans aren't buying. But this is a dangerous game for Russia to play, because I think that um, it's an unequal situation whereby China may be the, the side that gets far more out of this than Russia just to give you an example of this, the Amor River Basin, which is the border that separates Russia from China, they've built this new bridge and they're celebrating it as a sort of a a friendship bridge that will promote economic ties and so forth and so on. But if you go to the Amor River Basin in the last 10 years, you'll see on the Russian side poverty, um, you'll see hopelessness, Uh, a shrinking population. If you look just across the border over the Amor River, which is the border between China and Russia, you'll see skyscrapers going up uh, and you'll see flotillas of Chinese boats sucking raw materials, the, uh, the 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 lumber, the oil, the iron ore, the precious metals out of Siberia and in, into China. And I think the only way that Russia benefits from this is that those oligarchs that uh, own all those resources, they'll get even more filthy rich than they've already been uh, but I'm not sure that this is going to be for the benefit of the Russian nation and its strength vis-a-vis China.
1: In the short term, though, with some sales of goods or oil and, and some trade with all these sanctions on them, that could help a little bit. I mean, what do we know about how the Russian economy is doing right now? There was some statement from the Kremlin the other day saying it's they're not affecting us as, as much as anyone had thought. Well, OK, if you thought it was going to be super awful and it's just kind of awful, it's still awful at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, there's a certain amount of bravado and all of that kind of talk, and I I think we we shouldn't take it too seriously. But one thing we should recognize is that I think that Russians have a much higher tolerance for deprivation uh, than Americans, for example, and that's something that Putin can count on. uh, So that, um, you know, in this time of crisis, and let's be clear, Russian citizens by and large are rallying around the Russian war effort and are willing to make the sacrifices for it. Uh, Russians are willing to give up some of their consumer, uh, you know, comforts, creature comforts, uh, in ways I think that would be difficult for Americans or let's say British or French people to do. Uh, and so the amount of pain that Russia can suffer economically is much higher, relatively speaking, than the amount of pain that we might be willing to endure in the United States. So that's just something to keep in mind that the economic uh, impact may not be decisive in. Changing Putin's strategy of war with Ukraine.
1: Andrew Jenks, professor and Russia expert at Long Beach State. This is an Odyssey original. Find us and others on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.